0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. This week, we turn our attention back to the Nordic region. This is an area also hit by record high power prices in some, but not all, regions. Norway, one of the first countries to liberalize its power market in the 1990s, has faced calls to intervene and re regulate the market with price caps as well as restrictions on power exports. In neighboring Sweden, There is disagreement over the decommissioning of nuclear plants in the south of the country as it experiences a widening gap in prices between the northern and southern regions. Joining me, Richard Sversen, to to make sense of the Nordic energy crisis are two of the region's most prominent experts. So hello, Sipion Selan of Storm Geo. Good to have you back on the pod. I, I hope you're well. Yes, hi Richard. Nice to be invited. And also a warm welcome to Mia Bodin of, of Bordeca Partners.
1: Hello, hello. Nice to be here.
0: I, I'd like to start with the situation we're in. I know we're kind of some way off the dramatic price spikes we saw in, in December, but still the situation is quite unprecedented. So, so what got us here, Sigbjorn? Is it, is it mainly, can we just lay the blame Purely on Vladimir Putin? Well, I guess some will do that, but
2: uh, for sure, uh, if you should point to one single factor as the most important one behind the situation, it is the high natural gas prices.
0: That's that's for sure. Mm. And uh, what are the other factors? I mean, there's quite a sort of cocktail of drivers here, is there not?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cocktail of drivers for sure. It's, you know, in, in parts of the Nordic region, you have a bad hydrological situation. So, so prices wouldn't have been as high as they are if, if uh, the hydrological situation had been be normal that is for for the southern part of of, uh, of Norway in particular and uh, and of course you have uh, close to record high prices of the EUA allowances so so to sum it up it is it is the the production costs in in the in the coal and uh, and uh, net gas uh, fueled power plants and uh, the weak hydrological balance in, in in southern Norway that is that is the f- main factors or, or the factors that uh, sort of explains this this very high price level
0: and, and how long do you expect this situation to continue, Sigmund? When can we see some easing of, of this high prices? Is it when the taps go on for Nord Stream two?
2: Well, yeah, I guess uh, if you if you look at um, price expectations in in uh, the market for natural gas, you see that that also long term price expectations have increased quite uh, massively. I would say so. So not not at the current current extreme level, but you see futures prices being very very high until q1 or including q1 23 and and say say you know if you look at uh, the ttf futures price for 2024 it is now at 30 euros per megawatt hour and 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 six seven months ago it was at 15 so 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 the market has sort of really changed their view on on long-term natural gas uh, prices and, and obviously that has impact on electricity prices in the nordic region or first and foremost in 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 in, in southern norway so uh, so uh, i think the current situation with with relatively high prices in southern norway they will last for for a, a long time That that situation is it's fixed in a way as long as the, as uh, natural gas prices stay high and electricity prices in in continental europe and uk uh, stays high but you know the situation is very different in if you look at other price areas in the nordic uh, market you know the uh, northern Norway, northern, northern swedish areas n o three four s e one s e two where you see very l- or cl- nor- normal prices i would say relatively uh, very very low compared to everywhere else and 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 um and looking forward, I think you should expect even lower prices in these areas going forward, at least in the medium term. You know, this spring and, and summer. So, so, so that's uh, that's uh, you know these record high area price differences that we have seen uh, lately. We might. Very well, see that the differences will become even um, even bigger uh, going forward. So, so that that that's a very interesting scenario. Uh, I think
0: there's a still quite a long way to go before we're out of the woods in some senses. But Ciprian, I'll just just if I can stick with you before I turn to Mia, I just want to talk about the public debate in 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 Norway. I mean, yeah. wh- what is your view here? How do you react? You know, there's talk of you know introducing price caps. The government has subsidised uh, end use the bills for households there's been calls to, to cut exports. I mean, what, what is your view of, of the current uh, uh, level of discussions in Norway?
2: I, I understand it very well, for sure. You know, you can very well describe the situation as, as sort of a crisis for, for households that use a lot of electricity for heating and there are many of them in norway for sure and, and the most common is to have a spot price agreement with your supplier so so when you when they they receive the december bill and 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 it shows like two thousand euros for sure that's a shock and a cri- sort of a crisis for many uh, households and for many many small businesses you know farmers and gardens and whatever that's uh, for sure but you also hear a lot of com- complaints <laughs> what should i say complaining from from industry, and maybe not, that's not um, sort of we shouldn't, we shouldn't call that a crisis uh, probably you know they they have uh, they have their hedging strategies and they are not that exposed to the to the same degree to the high spot prices and I guess for industry it's the competitive situation that matters most and and then it's an interesting point I would say that electricity prices in the Nordic region even in certain parts of Norway have hardly been any lower compared to prices elsewhere in Europe than they are now so that that also applies if you look at price expectations going forward so to, so the so the, the picture is is mixed uh, i would say and and um you must understand why the, the discussion is uh, is heated but we have had this system now for many many years and 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 uh, it it has uh, proven us um, sort of proved to be a, a a good system i would say for for uh, producers uh, uh, and consumers uh, for a long time, and, and and probably the the wise thing would be to to wait the situation off a bit and and, and see if things can
0: normalise. Mm. There is a general political consensus that, that that the model is is working and is and it's functional. But what is uh, the situation like in Sweden, Mia? Um, if we can turn, what 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 are your views of the public debate there? Is it? Is it more about supply security, or is it also about subsidizing uh, household bills?
1: I would say for for quite some time, um, it's been a debate on uh, on the capacity constraints, specifically locally. Um, I mm. would say with, um, and that's not just now the last months with these extreme prices, but also uh, before of that, um, with uh, especially uh, around the the bigger cities, with uh, industries wanting to electrify or uh, wanting to uh, to add production units Uh, and there's been a worry that they won't be able to to do that because of capacity restraints uh, and and so forth so that's that that's blossomed up more uh, during the last months as well but uh, that's been there before as well which has more to do with with the uh, capacity constraints and interconnections um uh, that has been there before as well. Uh, what has taken off now is, of course, one thing: the the direct consequences for for households and and industry, where also the Swedish government has decided to compensate for for those with uh, a bit higher uh, electricity uh, consumption. And of course, that's been a debate whether that's the the right way to do it or, or not. Um, and uh, yeah, one one thing is of course how it affects uh, the willing willingness of the understanding of the market and the willingness uh, of uh, of having flexibility when you just get uh, get a payment if you if you do, uh, consume too much that's one one thing that's been debated a bit the other probably more important uh, or major thing is the increased discussions um, on or debate on nuclear versus uh, wind power that's really blossomed up that's always been a debate in Sweden but these uh, last months of course many people blaming uh, these high energy prices on the shutdown of, of nuclear and that we should not have done that and we should open them up again and we should build more uh, so that's debate really gained uh, force as <laughs> to say this last this last month and it is it's is also elections this year so I mean my feeling is that if mm. it hadn't been elections, it might not have been such harsh discussions. I think it has also mm. to do with that. So, of course, the, the the high electricity prices has really affected many people and industries. So easier to gain understanding of that. But But also, I think, political act, um, so to say. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's an easy way to, to win votes <laughs> as well, to, to start this from both sides. Uh, so
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's one thing lamenting the, the loss of nuclear power and maybe increasing prices, etc. But there's a, quite another is putting in place or building a new project in Sweden. I think that they're two very different things. How has the Swedish government handled it, in your view, this energy crisis?
1: Yeah, I mean at the same time as we've had the energy crisis we've also a new government and, uh, and so on so it's it's been a lot uh, a lot happening <laughs> a lot happening here at the same time so it's a little mm. bit hard to say what what is what here but I must say that i mean even even if we have these these high energy prices and we have this debate uh, it's i would say more maybe on a local local level that we have the biggest debate on nuclear versus wind of course it is still uh, also government and between parties for especially as i said before the election but i would say there's they are the new government at at least when it's just one party of course it's easier to be just one party than than before when when you had to have consensus between them but they have been quite clear what the long-term view is that uh we will uh we, we need uh offshore wind power we need a lot more wind power we need everything we can get but they they don't say no to to nuclear either so I think they've handled it uh, pretty well. I, I would say, I mean, it is, has been, uh, as I said, it's a bit complicated now with with the change uh, change in steering as well at the same time. But uh, with the compensation uh, to to households, uh, they want to do something. I I may think it was maybe a little bit quick and and not probably better if something would have been done with with the taxes or uh, at least connected to the actual consumption and not just give this give everyone the same uh, it's quite an easy easy fix that may, may not have been the the correct one but uh, so maybe a little bit political act as, as well in that sense but uh, no no big complaints on how to handle it.
0: Because you're not really incentivizing a, a cut in domestic product in, in, in consumption. In, no, it's in definitely ways, not right.
1: a good long-term solution. <laughs> if I say
0: if I say like that, but yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, see, I'd like to go on to the consequences of of the current, um, you know, crisis or the period of high prices. Now, Namia talked about the debate between you know nuclear and wind, and what, what's the situation in Norway? Do you expect that the the high prices will you know, speed up onshore, onshore wind construction in Norway? Or do you think that politicians will choose to, to go for more, you know, building out uh, hydropower?
2: That's uh, also related to these, uh, you know, uh, the cables, the sea cables to the Netherlands, uh, Germany, and UK. When, when these investment decisions uh, was made, the analysis certainly did not show as severe an effect on prices as we have seen. So uh, it it was not a part of the uh, analysis that it would be sort of a complete stop to onshore wind power in Norway, nor that the, the, the Swedish TSO would have to limit capacity in in uh, the main grid. So so uh, it shows that big changes uh, have consequences that analysis are unable to to describe in advance. So so for sure, um, the, the, the sort of what shall I say, the normal situation now would be that. That uh, you saw a huge interest for building onshore wind power in uh, southern Norway, but uh, the legal framework is not in place, so that is not uh, possible. So, so in in that sense, the situation is is as I said quite fixed. There there is no sort of quick fix now to to this. Uh, uh, situation uh, for sure you you will you will have s- something will start moving on on the supply side but but uh but not anything um, significant. And, and that is mainly because the, 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 sort of the, the main thing here is, is onshore wind power. And that will not hap- happen in, in, in many, many years.
0: Because they can't expedite, they can't speed up the, the legal processes here no, to make uh, that possible. No, well,
2: I, that's not my expertise, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, as the way I understand it it, it, it is still years ahead before that legal framework is in place and you will see New investment decisions in uh, in uh, onshore wind power in Norway.
0: If I can uh, turn to you then, Mia, uh, and ask, I know you're an expert in in power purchase agreements or, or PPAs. Now, do you think this period of high prices will drive or, or further boost the growth of PPAs in the region?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think they they will actually. I mean, we've already seen uh, quite a. Big increase in interest from uh, corporates. Uh, I would say in this, especially in the region where I'm sitting, in the south south of Sweden, uh, and I'm sure sure it could be the same in in the higher priced uh, areas in Norway as well. It, and I mean part of it is of course because the sustainability uh, part is uh, higher up on the on the agenda for the, for, for many companies in in uh, in, in the Nordics, but. But I would say a lot also affected by the higher power prices and the willingness to um, to to um, secure power, future future power instead of being uh, being completely completely merchant there. So so that's uh, that that's definitely something that that we do see. On the other hand, we have not seen that many more transactions being finalised uh, because it is a bit harder to agree on prices um i mean it it there, there used to be more of a uh, stab, quite stable price span, uh, higher in in the south than than in the northern regions but but still rather stable and we kind of knew what was the right uh, ppa price for a ten year old base load of pace produced for solar or from wind in in the different areas and with the with the higher prices that we've seen now the the, the investors uh, in, in wind or uh, wind asset owners are, of course, uh, wanting to have a, a higher price because that's what, what what you can get from the market for, for the next years and, and what you see. But the corporates and the companies are not really there yet. Uh, they are more looking at um, what has the prices been for, for many years before and, and what do the forecasts look like. Uh, and kind of still, they've heard what the uh, PPA prices uh, have been uh, before and still wanting that price uh, for for long term hedging. So, yeah. So it's it's both interest is higher, but harder to to agree on on price, um, and also many more investors willing to take on merchant risks. Um, mm. So not uh, having a PPA at any price um, can be a little bit more more picky uh, on on that side. So. Uh, Another thing I would I would say is with the with the high price differences um, that that Siegbjorn also talked about before and that where we actually definitely I I agree that uh, if there's no easy fix for this we'll probably see these uh, high price differences for uh, for quite some fun year years and probably increasing as well with all the new wind power coming coming on in uh, in the north uh, of, of Sweden uh, at the moment it also affects PPAs in the way that it may be more difficult to close PPAs between areas. So having consumption in the south and production in the north, there are more price risks and someone has to take that risk, which will make PPAs uh, high, higher priced uh, or more, more risky, so to say, to have these cross-area uh, PPAs.
0: Sigbjørn, do you think that the southern part of Sweden, southern part of Norway, is going to be a, a high price area in the years to come?
2: Yes, definitely. To a mm. large degree due to the northern areas, the SE1, SE2, NO3, and NO4, being so clearly defined, the low-priced areas. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and uh, in the in the short to medium term, and also longer term, I think there's a, there is some a very interesting price development coming. And, and I think, in in particular, during this spring and summer, we can experience something that we sort of haven't seen uh, before. You know, with this current. Price regime. We see the hydrological balance improving up north, and uh, and it and it, but it doesn't improve in, in in southern Norway, in particular. So 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 if if this uh, weather regime prevails for some time, which is I would say is in in the medium to long term uh, forecasts, we we are sort of heading for a situation where you have an where, where water reservoirs will run full or close to full. Uh, in uh, in the northern um, areas and and, uh, with a ditto price uh, collapse and spot prices close to zero uh, in periods. But in southern Norway, NO1, 2 and 5 their um, water reservoirs will be very low throughout the spring and summer and and the probability increases now that uh, the price here will rise to a level that will stop the export out of NO2 to Germany, Netherlands and UK Um, And uh, because if that export were to continue, there there are no so many scenarios that give very low water versus filling in southern Norway when we come to October. So this this will not be the the case. Of course, the price will increase to stop that uh, export and potentially turn it to imports. In periods, So, um, so, 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 so that you, you, you could see, I'm not saying that it's the expectation still, but you could see close to zero prices in the northern areas and, and around uh, roughly 150 euros in, in the southern uh, uh, areas, an extreme price difference. And, and, and you know, this, this system price, this theoretical system price in, in this picture can, can you know, if, if NO2 will start importing, you have that. Uh, that the, the, this will be price-independent supply in the system price uh, calculation. So, regarding the system price, it will be it, what we say a bearish effect, you know, and and and, you, and the system price will then often clear close to that very low prices in northern areas because it will it will uh, it will clear on the price independent imports the price independent production you know as the wind solar nuclear unregulated uh, hydropower and that that will be i would say an interesting uh, <laughs> scenario uh, so and and it's uh, as i said maybe not the expectation uh, yet but but uh, but you have quite a few scenarios showing that Uh, to happen now so uh, yeah
0: Mm. maybe that will ease some of the political pressure but there's one part of the market we haven't really talked about and that's on on the demand side now Mia uh, you know I was reading recently that uh, the European metals group for instance said that aluminium output is down by 30 percent or fell 30 percent in 2021 because of the high prices have you seen any any reduction in industrial outputs in Sweden or even in the Nordic region as a result of these high energy prices?
1: I wouldn't say we've seen much of that now. Uh, we have seen some from pulp and paper, for example, in Sweden closing down, but that has more has to do with uh, capacity problems uh, and more more local. I wouldn't, I, not, not to my knowledge, I haven't seen production uh closing down what 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 is more uh is is um, the discussions on if uh, i mean many many companies want are looking at different ways of uh, of having uh better sustainability of having uh consumption uh, and from from uh, fossil free uh, sources and uh, and looking at uh, ways to to be to be better so to say in, in that in that sense and in that looking at electrification as as one part and I know that industries, especially in the in the southern parts, uh, are hesitant uh, if they can really uh, electrify their uh, industry due to the yeah the the risk of of higher power prices continuing, but also mainly I would think, but uh, worries uh, about the capacity restraints and that they won't uh, be able to to have that uh, what they need, so to say, from the grid companies. So, um, yeah, so not 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 seen it so far um but um, but more worry about the future can we really electrify and and uh, and uh, get all the power that we need at reasonable prices
2: i agree we, you don't see any reduction really from from in the industrial sector still maybe a bit from the households they they feel it more and and as i said earlier you know uh, even if electricity prices are record high at least in parts of the nordic region they Electricity prices are still, or or are are relatively low compared to mm. basically everywhere mm. else. So mm. uh, I don't think they uh, they have, a, yeah. It it won't re- induce much uh, consumption reduction from from uh, I- industrial facilities in these uh, areas.
1: No, I think that's a very good good point. Also, um, the, also what we've heard when we had PPA discussions with some some corporates. Uh, with the competitiveness compared to European countries that um, it's more important to have kind of the same prices or or hopefully even lower uh, power prices than competitors, uh, rather than having low power prices um, in, in general. So, I mean, the the competitiveness is, is easier so that that's also a worry of of uh, getting into a long-term fixed ppa price even at reasonable levels if they believe that the power prices in other european countries will be lower than that because then they will that that will create more of a problem than actual high or low prices yeah, yeah
2: and also in, if in itself so. absolutely and also if you look beyond europe you know energy prices are at least as high in in large parts of uh, asia so uh so I don't know. I I, I don't think this is uh, any sort of crisis for industry, really. Maybe it's the opposite, at least in the long uh, run, I would say.
0: Just a final question. Guy. I mean, I, we could talk here for hours. I mean, I've only covered uh, half my questions I was going to put to you, but um, maybe we'll have to have a, a follow up discussion. But, um, you know, we've seen in 2021 several sort of trading boutique firms go under, you know, at least one big name one. Is this something? Is this a concern? Do you expect maybe more to leave the market to, to throw in the towel because of the not just the high prices but the, the extreme volatility? And what will that impact be on liquidity? Can I start with you, Sigbjorn?
2: Yeah, well, I would. I must say, I'm surprised really that we haven't seen more of these uh, incidents because uh, it's been a total uh, some 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 totally crazy days in these uh, markets. So so I would have been uh, expecting. More companies to run into problems. So I guess now the worst is behind us. Hour you never know, but I would guess. So uh, if you have survived until uh, now, you you uh, you are probably uh, safe in a way for for the for the Nordic electricity market uh, for sure. The the liquidity for in the futures trading is getting uh, worryingly uh, low. So uh, so maybe a couple of years with uh, with less volatility would be in that sense, uh, a good thing. So maybe we can hope for that.
0: And Mia, what's your view here?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I I, I agree. Uh, probably the worst uh, part is it's behind us now, and and uh, I'm also a little surprised we haven't seen more. What what we what we have seen is, of course, many companies being kind of rescued by extra guarantees and and credit support from uh, from owners. Uh, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see if that that is possible. Of course, if this happens many times, uh, there are just so many times you can ask for for more uh, guarantees and and that's. What we've seen also with just uh, utilities, uh, kind of lo- locally uh, state-owned uh, utilities in Sweden, as well having to ask for for extra uh, support or, or credit guarantees uh, because of the high volatility and the the price situation, and discussing, of course, after that, should we should we continue doing this? Uh, can we take these risks in the future? Some, we may in the in the coming years see see more uh, of these um, yeah I, I either stop doing what they are doing or uh, join forces with with some others and see some other constellations uh, probably
0: it seems to be yeah a constantly evolving dynamic uh, market and uh, it'd be very interesting to watch what happens in in the months and and years to come so me and Sigbjorn, thanks very much for joining the Montel weekly podcast this week uh, an excellent discussion
1: thank you very much thank you
0: so listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions or, you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.